0: Did you ever try to wash your favorite cap? You know, the greasy, dirty, grimy, perspiration-stain cap? The one you'll keep forever, no matter what? You could wash it, but what about the shape? Introducing Clean cap The fast, easy, sure-fire cap saver. It's simple. Just put your cap in the Cap cage, snap it shut, throw it in your dishwasher or even washing machine, and presto! A fresh, clean cap and shape just the way you like it. And Clean Cap is made from space age plastic for years of use. Best of all, you'll save money because it costs less than the average cost of a new cap. I know the rift is in your right. What are you trying?
1: Welcome to the Cinematic Void Podcast. Cinematic Void is a cult film series that hosts screenings in the Los Angeles area as well as virtually. I'm your host Jim Branscom and join me as always is...
0: Hey, it's Nick Vance, Paramount Futures on social media. You can find Cinematic Void on the World Wide Web at CinematicVoid.com as well as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all major podcast platforms. If you want to support The Void, consider joining our Patreon. Alright Jim, what's going on? This is a
1: little bit of a kind of reflective episode i've noticed last couple August we've done like kind of recaps like first one of these we did like when we came out of the lockdown period of the pandemic and then last year we just did one that was like a year later so this is going to be kind of a two year later thing but we're going to talk about more specific things not really free-flowing first thing i want to talk about is the two of the episodes that just came out uh, not counting the August lineup one, but I'm I'm talking about the Blu-ray burnout and the Horror Cloud episodes, and we got a lot of feedback. Maybe not a lot online, but I got a lot of DMs, I got a phone call, I got like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff, and you got some of that too, didn't you? I did. And I am I thought we might get flamed a little bit, just because of the sensitivity of both those things, but a lot of people were just like, I, I don't know, we might have started a movement at least in the blu-ray one like the amount of people were are like yeah fuck this shit i'm getting rid of all my stuff i mean maybe not that far but
0: marie kondo these motherfuckers <laughs> now i'm gonna go buy all the criterion oh at, like at amoeba or whatever you know i'm just like everybody's gonna sell their collections so i'm gonna go fucking swoop that swoop in and grab them cheap was that your ploy the it's, whole time? The, the whole time, dude.
1: <laughs> just like all these people are like, I, I'm liberated. And you're like, I'm liberating your criterions back into my collection. Hell yeah. I mean, it's a smart move if that was your plan. Have you gotten the offer for that irreversible yet? No. No, <laughs> that's the other plan. <laughs> <laughs> that one hasn't paid off yet. <laughs> but no, a lot of people kind of the people that I talked to just were basically talking about their relationship on collecting physical media in general. And like a lot of her, like people I knew who had big record collections, big Blu-ray collections. And I even had a few people from labels reach out and I was talking to them. And they're like, you know, they're like, Oh, we get it. And you know, not the, I'm not going to say who it was or whatever, but like it, there's just a reevaluation of just like, you know, preparing for potential in the market change and just realizing like, you know, it's going to be quality over quantity in the long haul for a lot of people and a lot of labels. So, I mean, I don't think Blu-rays and physical media collecting will ever go away because there will always be someone that's going to collect something. It's just that, I mean, that's why Funko Pop still exists and I don't understand that at all. I mean, that seems like, you know, with a Blu-ray you can watch it, with the record you can play it. What the fuck do you do with a Funko Pop? Yeah. Yeah just kind of sits there but i don't know if it brings you joy and then it brings you joy i just don't get it the other one the horror cloud one was
0: are you referencing maria kondo there i guess i am yeah <laughs> this could be that's all the <laughs> second <laughs> section
1: of the podcast is is that but the horror cloud one was like it
0: we I f- help people realize they're dorks well i mean i'm still a dork i mean and they should <laughs> and they shouldn't be getting autographs from people they don't know well, they should I, leave people
1: alone. I I still think you know that that we weren't going to ever change anyone on that either. But like I I feel like the evaluation of just like you know why do you do stuff? Like what is the point? Is it a personal thing or you? Is it literally just for clout? And I don't know. I I could easily you know be called out as hypocritical for like some of the things I've done pretty recently. But we'll get to those put a little gap in there so your memory gets lost and forget like wait a minute he did a whole horror cloud episode he did this that yeah i know i never said i wasn't a hypocrite
0: yeah i just bought a bunch of blu-rays
1: yeah i mean we're both hypocrites i didn't get anything from the criterion sale i ended up not ordering anything and i had planned to get it after hours and on targets and i just didn't a couple things we should talk about speaking of physical media and I guess horror out in a way, we recorded our first Blu-ray commentary. And I don't want to say what it is because I don't think it's been publicly announced yet, but I think it's coming out maybe October is my guess. Cool. So, we
0: had fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
1: And, you know, it, it, it was kind of weird because it's just like, oh, we got to... It was finding the balance of like how much to talk. Yeah. And then how much to get information across and then how much to just like riff yeah and
0: i don't know it's, I, it's not a it's not a podcast you know
1: no it's not but i i i went back as i was going back and kind of editing and tightening up things before we turned it in it was just like oh, this is fun and kind of looking forward to doing it again cool so I'll be on the lookout for that um nick you got anything
0: you want to recap for the past year or so or oh we're doing recapping a whole year i was just going to talk about like what happened last week
1: Oh, you can talk about last week. It doesn't have to be a whole year. You can, you can, can, it can be as wide or as small of a recap as you want. Right on.
0: <laughs> Cause I'm certainly not doing a full year. So Nikolai hit me up uh, last week and he's like, Hey man, do you want to go see Oppenheimer? Fucking blah, blah, blah. I wasn't paying attention. And, but I saw, do you want to go see Oppenheimer on Saturday? And I'm like, Oh, I'm not fucking working Saturday. So I said, yes. And uh, and then I, and then I jump on later to, to ask, hey, what time is the screening? And then I realized he told me what time, and that time was six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so after uh, projecting Friday night, and you know being at the theater, I, I think the film didn't even let out to like quarter after twelve or something, you know. Um, so I was there pretty late, and then had to go see, had to, had to go see Oppenheimer uh at six a.m. And we went to Denny's first, so we had a uh you know so it was a whole like chill sesh and then went to see oppenheimer i fell asleep a couple times i did the like i did the kind of like when you fall asleep where your head falls and it like wakes you up because your head like snapped fucking backwards you know yeah (laughs) like you feel like you were just falling uh i had that happen once but i didn't really like sleep through the film or anything i i saw i just think i had like a couple like and A couple of fallout moments.
1: And it wasn't really a reflection of the movie. It was the reflection of the fact that you got up. it was the,
0: fucking 6 a.m. I mean, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Dude, and a, I just had a whole, a whole full meal at Denny's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you like you got out late. You barely slept. You got the fucking itis from Denny's. And then you go and watch Oppenheimer at 6 a.m. I don't think I've ever like gone to a movie theater to catch something that early.
0: Pretty wild. It's a pretty wild feeling. It was fucking packed out.
1: Well, I mean, I kind—I of, feel like they had to, because like, yeah, I think they start adding those stupid super early. Mm-hmm. Screenings. I think there's
0: a four a.m. and a six a.m. Fuck, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy, dude. What the hell? But uh, it's sick. It's was, it was a sick time. And now that
1: you've completed the Barbie, Barbieheimer, <laughs> like, because you saw Barbie and you've seen Oppenheimer, yep. did the meme live up to the moment? Barbie's
0: way sicker. <laughs> Somehow I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, but... I'm, I'm predictable at this point. Um, yeah, I, they're they're both awesome. I don't see a lot of new stuff in the theater, so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of cool to check these boxes, you know.
1: That's cool. I mean, do you do? So I didn't but... dress up as Oppenheimer, <laughs> if you were wondering. You know, put on a fucking like lab coat and a fedora, dumbass like... hat.
0: Dumb... <laughs> Oh, man. God, I saw some fucking dickhead. Was there someone actually <laughs> said, dressed up? No, with... like, yesterday I saw some guy wearing some fucking dumbass hat. Like, and I'm just like, oh, fucking Oppenheimer. <laughs> are you
1: sh- are you sure they weren't, like, getting ready for film noir down there or whatever?
0: Uh, nah, you know it was close to, like, fucking Silver Lake or... Oh, it
1: was the... It was... Les Feliz or something, you know? It's um the hipster noir yeah. look or mm-hmm. whatever
0: you want to call it. Oh, yeah. So blame oppenheimer dude
1: <laughs> it's just everything's on oppenheimer now uh, but you do anything else
0: um nah man that's fucking that's about the only excitement i've had i've just been a working man
1: i mean i mean that's pretty much what i've been doing since i got back from vacation my horror cloud vacation as it were oh yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> again he I mean, took a vacation to fucking long beach no where where
1: was it no, I went to, the vacation was, I went to, flew to Baltimore. Right know, on, yeah, yeah, you went out right down. Yeah, and then my girlfriend and I, le, or my girlfriend Leslie and I, we drove up to Sleepy Hollow. It's like a three and a half hour drive. Um, Got to stop at New Jersey
0: Turnpike Rest Stop, which I haven't done in like... Let's eight. clear this up again. Is the town actually called Sleepy Hollow? Terrytown. It's not called Sleepy Hollow. It is not. You're going to keep referring to it as Sleepy Hollow. Dude, they got signs that say Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> it's like, welcome to Terrytown
1: sleepy hollow <laughs> in parentheses yeah i mean the police the cop cars have the fucking headless horseman on there dude,
0: that's sick you did not send me a photo of this I you saw- sent me a photo of something
1: yeah but i didn't send you for that I, I i didn't really see cop cars i I found them online so that's wild dude i mean it's you gotta market it and like I, <laughs> true i mean basically we went around the where um the cemetery, of Washington Irving, who wrote Sleepy Hollow and or Legend of Sleepy Hollow and some other things. Again, I can't name three three bo- name three books, bro. Can't. No. I'm sure I can if I really sat down and think about it. But I'm. Have not, you tried
0: to name three books?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be a poser and be like, I only know the. It's it's like going to like Iron Maiden concert, only knowing Run to the Hills and Number the Beast. But yeah. yeah, when when the songs are that good, do you really need to know anything else? I mean, I know a lot of Iron Maiden songs, but I definitely do not know anything beyond Legend of Sleepy Hollow. But he's buried in a cemetery and they have like little signs all around where it's like there's a there's a sign that says uh, basically this is where the bridge, the historic cover bridge was. That was the inspiration behind like where Ichabod Crane got chased by the Headless Horseman and stuff like that. Then they have another bridge in the cemetery, but they keep acting like it's real. So it's like, wait a minute. I don't think it's like, they treat it like a historic fact, which I find really, really amusing. That's awesome. I mean, there's a sign that says, legend has it. The headless horseman ties his horse off, or ties his horse up and leaves him in the cemetery. And then I guess goes, walks walks around, just takes a stroll or something like that. I don't know why. It's like, what do you do without a head? Yeah. That's an important question, but... Haunt some motherfuckers? I guess so, and throw jack-o'-lanterns at them, but...
0: Dude, um ichabod's a sick-ass name i think they should someone should who if you're listening someone who has like a pregnant wife or girlfriend or something right now name your kid ichabod
1: what didn't what did nikolai just name his kid Staline St- man could could it could have called her
0: ichabod could have called her ichabod yeah for sure
1: you fucked up nikolai <laughs> just bringing it back but, yeah, I, you know, I, I'm i surprised Ichabod has not made the comeback in, like, names. Because there's some fucking dumbass names that <laughs> <laughs> people
0: are naming their kids now. It's Braden. Brayden. Brayden? <laughs> can you, can you, can you, can you fucking name your kid Brayden when Ichabod is available? Oh, yeah.
1: Fuck, dude. Yeah, Brayden sucks. Just... <laughs> If I, meet, if I meet someone that's like, this is my child, Brayden, I'd be like, yo, Ichabod. And they're like, why do you keep calling my kid Ichabod? Because it's like, Ichabod's a cooler name than Brayden. Jesus.
0: Do you think we have any listeners named Brayden?
1: Oh, we don't anymore after that. Yeah. <laughs> or unless they go and change their name to Ichabod.
0: For the for the pod. <laughs> for the pod.
1: <laughs> it's like... I. You know, as we've done the Blu-ray like episode where people are like, you know what, I'm gonna have a different relationship with physical media. The guy that's named Braden that's been <laughs> listening to the podcast, like, you know what? I'm tired of this name. I'm gonna change it to Ichabod. I mean, that's the power of I guess. The podcast, maybe, probably not. <laughs> it, but I mean, I would love for someone. Actually, even if your name's not Braden, if you if you legally change your name to Ichabod, let us know. I'll send you a Cinematic Void prize pack. <laughs>
0: we'll send you a T-shirt. <laughs>
1: No, I'll throw some other stuff in there. I'll throw some patches, some pins. I'll throw fucking Blu-rays in there. I will give you a fucking prize pack.
0: Look, if you change your name to... This is, the whole thing is getting cut out. If you change your name to Ichabod, you won Jim's entire Blu-ray collection. Oh, I will. Like, <laughs> I will. Just, you finally, like, it's, like, the fucking, you know, the word. Everything you said in that last podcast, boom. There you go. You, you won it. I don't know about the whole
1: Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> not when not when it's a seller's market still on Blu-rays. Like right before this trip, I went and like and because of this ep- that episode, I was like, I want to get rid of a bunch of other shit. And I yeah. s- and I sold like maybe a not a lot, but like a good grip of titles. And like I think the guy at Amoeba thought I was like suicidal or depressed or something like that. It's like, uh, can I ask you why you get rid of this stuff? I was like, I just don't need it. Yeah, you know, was really good stuff. And
0: I was like, Yeah, it is, but it's not good in my house wow th- yeah i think the, the guy like what what uh what kind of what was the caliber of stuff that you were taking this, they, on this round
1: there was there was vinegar syndrome stuff there was um some mondo macabro stuff and it, it's like not i'm not and it's not really because like i got rid of most of the shit that i'm not really in love with at this point this was just stuff it's like yeah it's cool but am i gonna watch it again
0: is it like was it box set stuff was it there was a couple was of, it rare stuff
1: there's a couple box sets. I mean, it becomes rare because it's a slip cover and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But my other thing is like, yeah, I could go on eBay and sell it. And obviously I'm not making as much money by going to Amoeba and selling it. But I also think it's kind of cool that someone's going to be out in the wild and they're yeah, going to stumble right. apart.
0: Put it out in the ecosystem. It's, it's definitely way cooler to find it in the wild than to, if you, it's so impersonal to just like, Oh, I found it on eBay and paid some crazy price for it. Just like, I don't know, man. I, If if you can afford it, let it let it go.
1: Yeah, I mean it's just like I I got a I got a nice. I mean, obviously, if I took store credit, it'd been higher. But it's like, why would I want store credit? I'm trying to not, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get rid of stuff, not accumulate stuff. So, but you know, kind of back to this, just
0: go turn it into records now. (laughs) Jesus, I did buy a couple records.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're at my girlfriend's house, so I'm not I'm not storing them at my place. She's the keeper of all records. She has a nice record collection, so she's like, "It's ours." And I'm like, "Well, I can. I guess I can buy stuff, and then I don't have to worry about it because I'll just leave it here." Mm-hmm. So, in the future, future records. But besides Sleepy Hollow, after that, and I do want to say something. I saw some like a couple, maybe a week after I got back. I think Fangoria was posting about how, like, you know, Sleepy Hollow is not as crowded as Salem. It's a perfect place to go for like your Halloween season or whatever. And it's just like. I don't know about that. It Salem's got a lot more things you can do, but yeah, Salem's fucking overcrowded. But I, it's like I don't know if I'm gonna spend Halloween. It's I mean, going around that cemetery and then kind of going by the, I guess the house where um Washington Irving was um Irving Washington. I kept I keep being dyslexic with his name. Yeah. Wait, which one is it? I don't even know.
0: I think we made this joke like six months ago.
1: We did when we originally talked. I fucking. <laughs>
0: Whatever is yeah, name. but Whatever. yeah, no totally. name
1: name three books, certainly, I can't, I can't even name the dude's name, yeah, but like you know, the town was cool, but it's just like I think what we did in our like day was pretty good. Oh, I forgot to talk about the turnpike, so going on the New Jersey turnpike, I hadn't been on it forever, and like I was hoping to see a Roy Rogers, not that I could eat there, but I was just like hoping they could still exist after like when we had to haven along, we were talking about the fry holster and the mm-hmm. little rush chicken sandwich. Don't have it anymore, but we stopped at one. I think it was the Walt Whitman one. Because every, every rest stop in New Jersey is named after a famous like New Jerseyan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And we stopped at one. We got coffee, like just so we didn't pass out as we are driving up. And we stopped at the most dysfunctional Dunkin' Donuts I've ever been to at a rest stop. Yeah. And it was just like, dude, the, the, the woman that was the manager was so over. And it wasn't even like there's a line. There was, like, three people that ordered what I could only consider to be diabetes in a cup. Yeah. It was, like, one of those Frappuccino, like, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, I, it made me nauseated because it was just, like, some kind of, like, I don't,
0: I don't know, dude. People I, people out here get excited about Dunkin' Donuts. When I think of Dunkin' Donuts, I think of the East Coast and people, like, nodding out on heroin inside of Dunkin' Donuts. That's what I think. I think of, like, some dirty, fucked up place. I mean. Dunkin' Donuts sucks. Fuck Dunkin' Donuts, dude. <laughs> That's that's gen. I feel that strongly. That <laughs> shit sucks, dude. You order a coffee, it's like half sugar. Well, Fuck you guys. Let me get back. <laughs> Let me continue here. <laughs> I didn't know you so, had such. I, have, I hate Dunkin' Donuts so much, dude. It's so gross, dude. I, I never knew this about you. <laughs> well, all right. So
1: anyway. To as you accentuate my point (laughs) about like how fucking sugary that shit is, yeah. (laughs) So there was like a family that they all and they were all giant size, like they look. You know how the the family? (laughs) No, no, no. The the fucking (laughs)
0: drinks.
1: (laughs) I mean, they might have been giant size after they drank those. Okay. Fuck, dude. Like I don't know what. I don't know what those drinks were, but they had to remake them. There's one, because the one was like, this doesn't look like a turtle, you know, like the turtle, like <laughs> <No>. ice cream. <laughs> like, you're not supposed to put like mocha in it or some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys, what are you making, what you're drinking? We got lattes, which are espresso. And like, the fucking manager's freaking out. Like, oh man, who wants espresso at this time of night? And I'm like, I want espresso over fucking sugar. Yeah. And then there's like, there was a person behind the counter who we had her order taking it. That was counting tips, and the manager's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "You told me to count tips, not right now." And then, like, all of a sudden, this other girl comes walking. She's like, "Oh, thank God, overnight girl's here." And I'm like, "Overnight girl?" It's like they don't even have a name. It's just like <laughs> that's just who you are, just coming in to work like the overnight shift at the fucking Walt Whitman, New Jersey Turnpike Dunkin' Donuts. So we get this espresso, and this lady's making a big deal that she's making a latte as opposed to whatever the fucking frappuccino shit was, which looked more complicated. You know, you know how you go in a coffee shop and they have the espresso espresso machine sure. Dunkin Donuts has an automated one. They just put it there and it just pumps out an espresso shot. Oh, it,
0: uh, okay. it took
1: it took two minutes to make a latte with oat milk, no sugar added or anything, just oat milk and fucking espresso. It was a regular latte. And I was like, but it was such a fucking disaster. And I was like, I just wanted to make a sitcom out of these people's lives.
0: Yeah.
1: It was that just insanity. And then as we we're getting close to Terrytown, uh, we went, over, we didn't go over the George Washington Bridge, which is like the big bridge you cross to get into New York City. We went over, I forget what the other bridge is. But as we were going through, we saw the last rest stop of the New Jersey Turnpike. And it was the James Gandolfini Feeney rest oh, stop and sick. i was oh, yeah. and i was trying to get a photo my fucking phone when like focused and i was so bummed and then like i was on instagram today and i saw midnight mark of the Coolidge. i guess he's out traveling he posted a picture i was like oh sick someone got it nice but anyway we that 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 concludes Terrytown, sleepy hollow in the new jersey turnpike but after that leslie and i went to salem and it was hot as balls there but like it was cool and I feel like no matter what time of year you go now, it's Halloween Tour Central. Yeah. So one of the cool things we got to do there, uh, we took the VIP tour at the Count Warlocks Nightmare Gallery, which is... We actually had James from the Nightwork, Nightmare Gallery on when we did the Salem, Massachusetts episode. I think it's episode 40. I think that's what it is. From 2021? Time is... I don't know. Time's flying. But it's... The... The VIP tour is in the basement of the Wax Museum or the gallery or whatever you want to call it. It's called Vault Macabre Salem. And basically, it's the only place you can actually take photos of. Because the, the regular museum, you can't take any photos just because they want to preserve the mystery. Yeah. But, the, but the basement, so they have, like, works in progress of, like, different masks and different, like, things they're putting together. And there's also a really, really cool room where he's got, like, a bunch of artifacts. Like, you know, original, like, there's, like, a big... Book of Faust and like medical stuff and like like two vampire hunting kits from I don't know where he found those. I well he said where he found them. I just can't remember off the top of it. But like that was like one of the coolest things that I've gotten to do in Salem in a long time. Yeah, but, but you know Sounds it was n- it was nice. I spent stayed at the Hawthorne Hotel and I guess like I didn't realize I got a nice room like a huge room. I was like shit, man. It's like a suite. I didn't even wasn't even trying to book that so. Maybe just lucked out and got upgraded and didn't realize. But I don't know. It was nice. And then after I did a little Salem, finally checked off my bucket list, going to the Ellis Estate, which is better known as the House by the Cemetery from Lucio Fulci's House by the Cemetery. Cool. It's also used in Um, Umberto Lenzi's Ghost House. It is the Ghost House in Ghost House. Mm-hmm. And had to drive a little bit out of the way, but it was kind of cool. And Does that's outside of Salem? No, it's it's closer. It's. It's you're going east towards you're going towards Cape Cod. Mm-hmm. I mean, gee, I'm trying to think. You're going south of Salem and then east. Okay, and it's in a little weird, kind of like artsy. I don't know what you call it. It's Skituate, Massachusetts. I think it's like fishing town plus art arts community. But like it's on the house is on like a I guess public. It's like in a public park or whatever. But it's run by our art collective, and no one was there when we went, but you, so we couldn't go inside, but. Just kind of walked around, and if you want to see that, that is on the Cinematic Void Vlog on the YouTube channel. So check it out if you want to see the House by the Cemetery filming location. Cool. little plug, a little horror clout there. Speaking of, um, another thing I did recently, I hosted a fashion show. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, at Midsummer Scream, the, I guess this past weekend of whenever we're recording this. It was um, for Poltergeist and Paramours and the band Lovecraft. They were hosting this fashion show called retro retro wave nightmare so it was kind of 80s theme it's like all the fashion from poltergeist and paramours and then lovecraft was doing a dj set and stuff like that and it's kind of cool i'd never i never thought i'd ever host a fashion show yeah so i did too there was a saturday and sunday one ran into william sandell who's the production designer on robocop until recall and piranha and hocus pocus had him when I did the Hocus Pocus screening back in 2018, is when I met him. But anytime around, he was like, Hey Jim, how you doing? So we just hung out a little bit and walked around. So it was cool to see him. Saw Josh Miller of Friday Night Frights and co writer of Sonic the Hedgehog. Saw Ryan Turk of Blumhouse. Saw a few people I haven't seen in, in a while, normally don't run into. So that was kind of cool. Did too much walking. My fucking calves were killing me. Yeah. Dude, I I need to get one of those like rascal scooters if I ever go to a convention. Game. Oh God! <laughs> just be one of those. Oh, man, just I don't know. I'm getting old, dude. I I don't have the walking stamina, 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 stamina. Why can't I say this fucking
0: word? <laughs> can't Stam- walk or talk.
1: Yeah, can't walk or talk. <laughs> stamina. I still can't say. It. What is the fucking word? Stamina. Yeah, I'm stamina. all this in. Dude. Yeah, please leave this on. <laughs> please leave in as like I'm fucking stroking out here. <laughs> Just can't I can't talk anymore. Well, yeah, I don't have the stamina. And you know, same thing happens. The shows. If I don't have a place to lean or sit, it's like i have a hard time seeing a band. It's like shit. But I mean, it was kind of cool. And I don't know. You know, it's been busy July here in the void. I uh, I wasn't there for because I was on my vacation. I saw the you know the huge panel for Friday the 13th part six. Cool. Which like it was on director Tom Laughlin and like pretty much almost every single fucking actor from the movie.
0: Wild. So did they just moderate their own yeah. everything?
1: Yeah. They did his introduction. They brought up, I guess he brought them out one at a time. They all told a little story and then, um, the jason cj who played jason in part six he did a little video that played and then they had a guy that dressed up as jason walking through the crowd during the intro so okay looked pretty cool packed house but you know it, it's been a good july jaws sold out roller coaster sold out friday six sold out jaws 2 got kind of close carded pretty good and then just wrapped up july with Shigala, which had a decent crowd for that
0: cool i projected uh jaws 2
1: yeah, you did a sick job, too. Yeah, thank you, thank you.
0: But yeah, it was real sick. It was real fun. It was cool to uh, run something in scope over at LF3. So, just shit, I don't know, just big-ass screen. Looks fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it, there's just something about a scope image, even in, even when the movie's Jaws 2. hmm And I, I'm, I don't want to say, well, I'm going to say it anyway. I was hoping watching Jaws 2 in the theater would change my per- perspective on it. Yeah. It did nothing.
0: <laughs> right on.
1: I just, I'm not a Jaws two fan. I actually like three and four better than two. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like they're more entertaining or whatever. Because the only thing I could think of, think about while watching Jaws two is just like how angry Roy Scheider is being in that movie because he clearly didn't want to be there. Yeah, and like you know, I I know like they're like, well, everyone knows what the shark is like, so we might as well show it. Nah, you you that sh- that shark does not hold up to scrutiny hmm there's some i don't know i'm i just my my opinion of jaws 2 being a two-star movie or whatever i ranked in a letterbox remains because there's been movies i've watched where i've been kind of like eh, and then i see it in a theater and it just changes my perspective on it and just Jaws 2 wasn't in. It. it was a beautiful print from the Universal archive. Mm-hmm. Same with the car. That <clears throat> car print was a fucking ignorant how how good that looked.
0: Yeah, I inspected that one. I'm like damn, has has anyone ever ran this? <laughs> I th-
1: I know it's played maybe twice, but yeah, the car doesn't get a lot of play. In Shagalla was a lot of fun to watch with the crowd. Cool. Although someone said, like, you know, it's like, I like the part of the movie where it wasn't Friday the 13th better. Because it's really, like, a treasure hunting movie for, like, the first, like, mm-hmm. two-thirds of it. And then, like, really the last third is when it becomes Friday the 13th. Okay. But it was fun to watch. And you're actually projecting the next Void that's coming up. You're doing Elm Street.
0: Yeah, totally. It's going to be fun.
1: It's going to be a lot of things. uh, Because this will come out after that has happened. Deanna Rooney is going to be Freddy Krueger. We came up with a elaborately stupid bit should mention she was Spiel. Steve, she played Steven Spielberg at Jaws too. And I think maybe my, dis, my, um, kind of like coldness to Jaws two had to do with, there was a group of people there who were diehard Jaws two fans. And they fucking booed when I asked who here hasn't seen it. And like most of the
0: audience had, Dude, this is funny. It's funny. The idea that, uh, you know, some like extra little thing would sour your. It's like, well, it doesn't change the movie. No, it didn't. It, but <laughs> the movie well, the movies got suck either way. Yeah, but <laughs>
1: but I I feel like it was just like it was just weird to hear people boo, and I I had to like correct course. It's like you know, isn't it cool that this is going to be people's first experience seeing it in a movie theater?
0: I I forgot that happened. That's right. But yeah, so you're like, yo, don't don't boo people because they haven't seen it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. If you haven't seen the godfather it's okay yeah it's like you haven't seen you haven't seen jaws 2 it's okay but uh but i will say that deanna uh did a great spielberg and that was a lot of fun oh it was a lot of fun she she kind of felt like i don't know because she's
1: racked it's like you're racked into the five dickheads who really love jaws too (laughs) you
0: hate these guys um i mean i i don't (laughs) hate
1: them but it's just like it's just fucking annoying it's just like it it's okay to love and champion a movie it's another thing to be like, this is my you know, the as much as much <laughs> it's just like you go on the bat for fucking jaws too. Damn dude. I don't know. I'm I'm just being a hater now. I don't fucking care. Fuck them and fuck jaws Jesus. too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only half kidding when I say that, or am I? I don't know, but kinda of the <laughs> close things out on a positive note here. So anyway,
0: yeah, was great. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, Deanna was geez, great,
0: man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, yeah, it, God forbid someone enjoy something. What? God forbid someone enjoy something that you did.
1: Yeah, but are they enjoying it because I played it, or they enjoy it because, like, oh. I think Jaws 2 is better than Jaws 1, which is some fucking
0: malarkey. I don't know, man. Fucking, when, as soon as Edwin told me, he fucking, he was like, Jaws 2, hell yeah. I'm like, that shit sucks, dog. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> but, it, you know, so it's just like, hopefully you're listening, Edwin. You know, you know who I'm talking to. You don't <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, yeah, man, you know, sometimes you just got shit all over somebody that likes something, you know, let people like things, hell, no, dude, fuck that, nah, I That mean,
1: sucks i'm I'm actually okay with people liking things and loving things that I don't like, but i I feel like because of like the tone of it and it's just like, I don't know I got rubbed the wrong way, and it's just <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. We talked about gatekeeping in that Horror Cloud episode, and it's like, you know, I, I think there's certain levels of gatekeeping, but it's like you, you put yourself on a pedestal and you think you're better than people because you've seen Jaws 2 and you're seeing it in a theater, and it's like this, I don't know, the, the, the call to personality behind something films. it's like people liking Tool. That's my equivalent.
0: I, I, Jaws 2 fans I are Tool that, fans. I think that Jaws 2 is just a very, uh, it's a very, but... Peculiar hill to die on. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know. They, they can die in that fucking stupid burnt shark can die too. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. When it's getting electrocuted, it's, just, it's dumb. It's dumb. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to go just in in deep. Maybe I just have therapy of just how much I hate Jaws too.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe I, yeah, to... yeah, I do. So, I... <laughs> Some dudes will hate Jaws too instead of going to therapy.
1: Yeah, it's it's cheaper. i I'm just going to play movies that I absolutely hate so I can complain about them later. Yeah, just, I
0: guess that's a that's a new thing you're doing. Yeah, yeah
1: it's it's a it's a new wrinkle <laughs> in the in my journey, my therapy journey. It's a
0: lot there are a lot of Mondays in the year. You could throw out a couple that you hate. I mean, it's
1: good because it, I I also think the thing of doing Mondays is like I don't I'm not going to always play shit that I love. Yeah. And I shouldn't. And there's been plenty of things I've played where it's like, I'm kind of like not into this, but I'm going like to give it another chance in the context of watching it on the big screen. And most of the time, I get pleasantly surprised. Might, I might not become the biggest fan, but like...
0: I wish you would have done uh, done just Jaws the whole month.
1: I would, but like, we can't do 3D at um L3. For Jaws 3. Jaws 3D.
0: Yeah, what, they don't have a print?
1: They would, they probably have a 2D DCP, but you know, there was an, another venue that was playing it in 3D. So it's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's kind of weird, yeah. weird. Plus I did Jaws 3D back in the arrow like a couple years ago. And
0: can they not do 3D uh, uh, digitally at LF3? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what cause, I'm saying. Because they could definitely do uh, on film.
1: Yeah, they can't. Well, they, if you had the glass cause you're talking about when they did Creature from the Black yeah. Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they had to use the old like red and blue mm-hmm. 3D glasses. Yeah. But I that jaw that jaws DCP isn't like that. You need the fucking digital shit mm-hmm. or those kind of glasses. Yeah, what was I getting at here? I don't even know. We I got totally derailed.
0: Yeah, by the you were just still getting. you were gonna start yelling about Jaws two again. I had to. I had to cut you off. I was trying to. I was, <laughs> I was trying to move off of it. Look, man, I'm trying to move on and <laughs> life to, I had to just de- derail everything. I don't even know what we were talking about at this point. I said my piece about Jaws, too. <laughs> it's it's getting its burial at sea like
1: it deserves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, what,
0: what that's you, what we were talking about. We were just, uh, I had suggested that you know Jaws the whole month. Um, yeah. Would have <laughs> yeah, been, been cool. Would have been cool for sure. I, I tried to do Jaws
1: Revenge for Christmas or December last year, and Universal had no materials, no mm-hmm. DCP, no film print, no nothing. Dude, you you know, the, you know the dude in the vault. Tell tell him to fucking look for that shit. Hell yeah. You'd be like, yo, find me that Jaws Jaws of revenge print. That rocks. But to close out this recap section of I don't even know what the hell. I guess this is just it's recap slash Jim hates Jaws too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I was back at my parents' house in I guess September or November last year, I was you know cleaning out my old childhood room and getting rid of shit and i found my favorite vhs tape as a kid which was taped off of cbs in the 80s there's some others, but it was um had garfield halloween adventure and it's the great pumpkin charlie brown on it and it also had you're a good man charlie brown and a movie called baby the which is about a dinosaur thing that i don't no one remembers that movie but it's on that tape so the other day I decided to digitize at least the first half of it, which was the Garfield and Great Pumpkin section of it. And I was shocked by how good that looked because I knew I watched the shit out of that tape as a kid. There was definitely a section during the credits, the end credits for Garfield, that kind of like tracking got all a little fucked up. I'm guessing that was the part where I like fast forward to get to like the Great Pumpkin or whatever. But it was really cool and it was just like, Wow. And I was kind of looking at the commercials, and like there was a lot of commercial breaks during both of them because they had like sponsors, so I guess they could do the extended mm-hmm. run. Like I think Garfield was brought to you by McDonald's and Teddy Ruxpin. Hell yeah! And like Great Pumpkin was like brought by Cadbury or some shit, and like a uh, some fucking butter company. I don't know. Weird times in the eighties. That like you know what kids like butter. Let's put a butter ad in the middle of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown.
0: Her butter's good as shit.
1: <laughs> well, it was marketed towards you then. But no, it was kind of cool to like, God. <laughs> We're learning a lot about each other today. My hatred of Jaws too. your love of butter. It's It's been a full circle. So, I mean, that's the recap por- portion of this podcast of some sort. It's, I don't know. I'm just going to put a little clue in here. like There's probably more Jaws 2 Heat that got cut out of here at some point, but that's just what it is. But we're going to take a quick commercial break here, but when we return, we're going to talk about some future things that are coming up for Cinematic Void and even you, Nick Vance, on the Cinematic Void Podcast
0: like yeah dude you ever just get some bread and fucking cover it with butter and just put some more like corn on it? you ever just have a corn sandwich i've never had corn sandwich. i definitely <laughs> i definitely put
1: some butter on some like vegan butter on some bread because uh-huh. like i don't know what else to eat and it's just like i just want some butter
0: look at her she gave her
1: butter to new blue bonnet butter blend what's the world coming to They wanted a
0: real buttery taste. They got it in new Blue Bonnet Butter Blend. I hear Blue Bonnet Butter Blend tastes creamy rich and real buttery. Well, they'll never get our butter. Never. Introducing Blue Bonnet Butter Blend. It tastes buttery because there's butter in it. Blue's definitely your color. Oh, thank you.
1: Time
0: to make the donuts. The donuts. It isn't easy owning a Dunkin' donut. Time to make the donuts. Because unlike most supermarkets, we make our donuts fresh day and night. But the guys who make supermarket donuts are still in bed. Plain donuts aren't enough. Five times. Con-
1: of course, when you make donuts this good, there is one reward. Honey, do- they taste so great. Good morning, folks. People buy an awful lot of them. Welcome back to the Sin Mac Void podcast. We were doing some recapping in the last segment for this one we're going to talk a little bit what the future has in store and right now i have a gun in nick's head because i'm gonna make him talk about the fucking record he's been working on for i don't know last year or so
0: yeah about that long there's been like somewhere in the right in the middle of it uh our drummer rick had a baby basically the band is uh my buddy rick and i um and we uh wrote and recorded a record real quick. Uh, basically we tracked the drums like a week before uh, his wife had her baby and that was intentional. Uh, so that, that way we could keep working on the, you know, I could go into the studio and keep working on the record uh, while the baby was being reared. Uh, but so we just finished the record recently uh, and just finally approved the mix and then the master. Um, so I, I guess I'll be on streaming soon. And I, and we're gonna do like shirts and cassettes and shit, but it's just T and I right now. um I don't know. I guess what, what, am I? I'm plugging my record right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, you should say what the name of the band. Is. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. So the band's called Double Life, and the record's called Indifferent Stars. Uh, it's just three tracks, and it's like I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What What does it sound? What does it sound like? I don't know. It's kind of '90s indie rock and early 2000s indie rock, and maybe even like i don't know not all indie rock major label influenced by lots of things but
1: i i think it's the best thing you've made recorded and like thanks man throughout your whole musical career and that's like taking out the things i worked on with you i think this is flat out
0: cool the best
1: the best thing you've done and it's three really good songs i mean i'm I will fucking sell this record for you. I mean, it's like it's a good mix of stuff. Like the tone is great, your vocals are great. It's just like you know, there's a lot of like '90s and '2000s nostalgia going on musically, and I think this is like head head and shoulders better than a lot of the things that are popping up because one, you actually live through those periods. (laughs) Right on. I'm not trying to be ageist here, but I'm just saying like it feels very authentic. Like this. The only thing that separates this record from being a record from like that '90s or two, early 2000s period is it's well produced, and it's sonically well together, and it's like taking advantage of the technology and really putting it forward.
0: Hmm. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. But uh, I, I, it may or may not actually be out by the time, uh, by the time this comes out. So uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll. I'm sure I'll, men- I'll mention it many times once it does actually come out. Yeah. I don't know. We we don't really plan to play live right now because it's just the two of us. But once we have more than fucking three songs, we might entertain the idea of like putting an actual band together and doing it live because there's no real way to promote it otherwise, you know. But uh the art the cover art was done by Campton Mohager, uh, who uh does the band Heavenward and the uh Fever Limited label. And, uh, his, uh, his graphic design is great. He, he works with tons of bands and he's even done shirts for like fucking the Rolling Stones lately and shit like that. And I think even like Radiohead, like he's, he does tons of sick shit. Um, so really stoked to have him on board. And it was, uh, it was recorded by Gabe Van Ben Shouten and, uh, he's, he's great. He's in a band called Mossbreaker and they're awesome as well. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, may, maybe it'll be out maybe it won't I don't know it's taking at this point it feels like it's taking for fucking ever so it's like but we, I don't know we've been working on it forever
1: well I mean soon enough you've gotten it mastered so you're like I think outside of maybe what a band photo and
0: yeah you know we have. I mean despite the fact that it's not a real band we're trying to take all the uh, do all the things that'll kind of like put it out there a little bit so uh, we, we need to promotional photo and it's fucking stupid but you know you did buy a gold chain for this band though I didn't buy it for the photo I, well I just bought a gold chain because I'm a, I'm a guy that wears a gold chain Yeah, I, I love this pivot for you yeah and... dude it's, I mean you know I mean I will if we play live I will be wearing a gold chain I'll probably be wearing multiple gold chains dude, you're gonna be like fucking just flexing yeah so, do rag do <laughs> <laughs> so just
1: slowly becoming E Town Concrete. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Although I should mention, the band sounds nothing like E Town Concrete.
0: More like a Eminem with the glasses. Oh fuck, dude! Too, you know, the I, white white do rag glasses. I mean, you did bleach your hair for that fucking Shh, Barbie see? costume contest, or maybe it was to be Eminem. I Man. don't know where I'm going with this. I don't know. Where- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going anywhere with this. Let's let's switch this up. um fucking yeah i don't know maybe that should be out in two weeks maybe that should be out in a month uh keep your eyes out for it fucking double life in different stars there i did a whole ad not an ad read just an ad just that well you're okay we're just okay yeah let's we're just championing the things we're doing outside of the podcast yeah man i I don't know i'm soaked on it i'm soaked on it it's just weird to talk about you know dude you're you're important factor to this podcast,
1: and you should share the shit you're working on,
0: thanks, man.
1: It can't be just me <laughs> fucking talking about how I hate jaws too for like two hours on here
0: yeah. I mean we, we all know you could
1: well, I could that I'm gonna start my own
0: like side podcast where like Jim hates jaws too. <laughs> I'm actually starting a podcast where you just can't tell me to not say things. <laughs> <laughs> Like damn, dude. I thought it's like we're both just starting other podcasts just so that we can't like gatekeep each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's a healthy expansion. <laughs> the, the, there there are parameters to this, I guess. I mean, not really. I feel like this has devolved way away from like us talking about films specifically to us just like talk about dumb shit for most of the podcast and like, "Oh yeah, we watched a movie." Yeah. Let's talk about to live and die in L.A. and some fucking Freddy Krueger ripoffs or whatever.
0: Let's learn about the Secret Service.
1: That was important. (laughs) Yeah, that that was was awesome. That was goddamn important there. (laughs) But, you know, but I I just feel like it's good to share and talk about the things we're working on, you know, because Cinematic Void, like... I depending on where you come at it, like some people know cinematic void because of the screenings in LA. Some people know it because of January Giallo. Some people know it because of the cinema movie that popped up during the pandemic. So there's, there's a lot of different ways that people have come here, you know, to listen to this. And there's, you know, there's a segment of like the people that go to the theater, don't listen to the podcast. There's a segment of people that are online, like watching stuff. Don't participate in that or can't go to live screening. So, I don't know it's kind of good because you never know what someone's gonna be into and like you know we we talk a lot about like music and punk and hardcore and stuff which is probably alienating to a lot of our audience but mm-hmm. I also think there's definitely people that you know go and check shit out we talk about and that's kind of why we did read watch and listen granted I've failed at reading pretty consistently at this point but that's just life But, you know, speaking of future... It's
0: it's nice to be shamed for it, at least. You know, at least you have a... It makes me... A source of shame.
1: Yeah, it makes me accountable and makes me feel shame for, like, just not picking up a fucking book. I have have a whole bookshelf staring at me. And it's funny that probably after I get done recording this, I'm recording some vlogs for the Cinematic Boy YouTube channel. I'm going to talk about some of my essential cult film books. And be like, yeah, these books are important. Have I read them in the last fucking ten years? Probably not. Well, I've skimmed through some of yeah, them.
0: Resource material. Yeah, yeah, it's.
1: I still use them, but it like you know, sitting down and reading a new book just doesn't really happen. And I need to get better at that. But we'll. I'm skipping ahead to read, watch, and listen. We're not here yet. Um, this part is. I'm just going to talk about some future things we're working for the void because obviously, consistently, been doing every Monday for you know last pretty much two years now and i mean there's few i mean i did my first monday where i wasn't there because i just want to kind of try because i just kind of like the idea that void lives on even if i'm not there Mm. to some extent i mean obviously there will probably be a point where i stop it but just like i feel like if i can do screenings i can put some things in that like i don't necessarily you know not that i'm putting out friday the 13th part six but like Just, if I can put a movie that I know is going to be successful, but it's just like, I, it's, it doesn't really matter to me that it's playing or not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, again, I, I think Friday Six is probably one of the more entertaining, one of the best of the series, and I'm not a big Friday the 13th guy, that's, that's been plenty on record, but, just like the idea that I can pick a movie of something like, you know, I don't know if I would want to be here for this, but, like, I know it will do well, and it will, like, just keep momentum going, and just you know, just kind of mixing it up, because doing, you know, close to 52 screenings a year now, it's like, you know, I I'd like to feel like I'm never going to run out of movies, but sometimes I feel like I am running out of movies, Mm -hmm. but, you know, part of the mission of Cinematic Void has always been talking about, like, you know, why certain movies are important, why I screen them, that kind of stuff, so... And I feel like that mission doesn't really get accomplished a lot on the Cinematus movie or in the in theater screenings because sometimes it's just it's limited by what I can show and or just filling spots. So I started a new kind of video series on the Cinematic Void YouTube channel. I've been trying to build this up for years, and like, you know, obviously the YouTube was started because of the Cinematus movie and during the lockdown and shit. So I've been trying for a while to figure out what else I could do with the YouTube channel. And it's like, obviously, you know, people came there because of cinematics Movie. But, you know, a lot of those movies I can't permanently leave up for a variety of reasons, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to make original content. And, you know, I do post a version of this podcast on here, so some of you might actually be listening to us right now on YouTube, but I also posted the event trailers and started doing a Cinematic Void vlog that kind of got derailed for a little bit, sort of around the time that the podcast got derailed, but trying to get everything back on track, you know, and be a little more consistent just in general. But I wanted to do something that kind of got back to the core of like what made Cinematic Void Cinematic Void. So I started a thing or a video series, I should say. It's more than a thing. It's a video series called "In the Mouth of Cinemadness." Now, originally, I came up with this title when I was working on with a project for Jonah Ray, which we may or may not still do. It just hasn't happened yet. But it was the title of it. And originally, it was like we were going to do like live commentaries, Or he would riff and I would do a commentary, or we'd do a mix or something like that. Mm-hmm. Haven't done it yet, but I really like the name, and I kind of a lot of this started from doing the Cinematic Void Zine. And I was writing a lot of personal stuff, and it's like a personal journey through cult films. And I was like, what's another way I can attack this other than, you know, writing an article for a zine that comes out? Zine was quarterly, but now it's going to be twice a year now. It sells okay, the zine, but like, I don't, I, I feel like maybe scaling it back and then letting it build up to maybe being quarterly. I think twice a year might be a good way to go. So it's still happening. So if you were looking for an issue that's coming out in the fall, there won't be one, but there will be one for January 2024. And then it'll be like a winter, spring, and then a summer, fall issue. Kind of a continuation of the ideas I work on when I write for the zine is like talk about movies that had an impact on me. Because I feel like this doesn't go for every movie, but there's certain movies that you see at a certain part point of your life that has like a connection to you and there's like little side stories that go with it and or maybe I'm just insane and have all these weird things that are connected to the movie so I kind of took the in the mouth of Cinemadness and kind of used it as a way of like looking at my experiences getting into cult cinema and like the evolution of it and so I kind of I was recording some Cinemadness movie intros back for when I did the run in the summer for the Camp Void series. And I did a one-off one where I talked about, like, you know, Night of Living Dead. I've talked about, I think, on other people's podcasts. I probably talked about it on here at some point. But I mentioned, like, Night of Living Dead was always the film that kind of began my journey into cult films and getting into horror and that kind of stuff. Like, really into horror. Like, seriously. So, I did, like, a little one-take riff... And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to do anything with this. And then I went back and watched it. I was like, it's okay. So I kind of edited, put some clips in, and that became the first In the Mouth of cinema Madness, which you can go watch on the YouTube. I, it's on two playlists. It's its own In the Mouth of cinema Madness, and it's also part of the Cinematic Void Vlog playlist if you go to the YouTube. So then I was like, well, there's plenty of other movies that have had an impact on me at different points in my life. So I did a couple more episodes, and probably by the time this comes out, there will be the Evil Dead 2 and Videodrome ones and just I just kind of wanted to talk about what seeing those movies at that time had the impact on me and how it kind of changed who I was and how I maybe want to go after other cult movies or just kind of open the door of like, you know because as a kid, when I watched movies there was a lot of, you know, mainstream big Hollywood shit you would see and, you know, it was through Night of Living Dead that that kind of changed it and just made me want to like search like you know go deep and like films and like there's also a period where like you know I love genre stuff but there was a time I stepped away from it and got more into like foreign films and art house films and stuff like that and I'm actually going to talk about those too because I think all those are important because like all those films by watching them and collectively over the years led to being cinematic void so this in the mouth of cinematics is kind of like you know Martin Scorsese did his like my personal journey through film or like European cinema or Italian cinema or whatever it was. So this is my version of it. And it's just what called films. And obviously to start things off with the series, I'm going to do the most obvious ones first. But right now I've done, there'll be probably three out by the time this episode comes up. I've recorded four and I had, you know, they've been fun and I've enjoyed doing them. I don't know if anyone's going to give a shit on YouTube because it's just like, is that what they come to Cinematic Void for? So but it's not gonna stop me from trying. Yeah. So that's something I've been working on. I'm trying to do more vlogs in general. I I like doing film locations, but they're also a pain in the ass because they have to drive there and you like most, you know, there's it doesn't interest me to do like the popular movie locations, mm-hmm. even though I'll probably end up doing some just here and there. But, you know, the ones that interest me, like, the, the ones I've done so far, I've done Joysticks, I've done X-Ray, you know. Mm-hmm. I just did House by the Cemetery. Those, I just want to do the weird void-centric locations. And some of those are going to be harder to do than others, but I do that. But it's like, you know, I used to do, like, screening recaps yeah. on there, and, like, those mm-hmm. those in general never did well. Even if I had clips of, like, Q&As and shit I did, like, just... So I won't be doing those, but I think I'm going to, you know, work on some things. Like, you know, I'm going to talk about cult film books. It's going to be more about, like, I don't know. It, it's more about the building blocks and being excited about, like, loving film. Which is weird coming from a guy who just went on a rant about how much he hates Jaws too. Yep. But, I don't know. It, I was look, you know, I've been watching a lot of YouTube. And I've seen a lot of vloggers and people making video content and a lot of... I even, you know, I didn't want to because I do not want to be influenced or get angry at some of the other people's videos about, like, you know, movies and stuff. And I watched some of them, and it's just, like, a lot of it's very impersonal. Yeah. And, or it's just very, like, I know all these facts from Wikipedia or whatever, you know, and I'm not knocking that because de- I've definitely used Wikipedia and IMDb for info, and I've also used my books I have. But the way I'm kind of approaching my YouTube content outside of cinematics movie and the podcast. It's like I it's gonna be my personal journey and it's like I'm trying to be positive about shit. And like again, as much as I was just slagging on Jaws 2. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Well it I wanna get back to championing things. And it's like I can't personally champion Jaws too. Yeah. You know? But I see a lot of videos where like and there's like music and stuff where like all the thumbnail it's all like negative like clickbaity shit.
0: Mm-hmm
1: And I understand that, like, that's probably the popular thing to do because everyone does it on YouTube. But it's just, like, I kind of just want to take things from a positive and just, like, you know, don't want to say inspirational. But, like, I don't know. It's just, like, kind of unwinding and kind of figuring out, like, where I came from. It's, like, self-discovery or re-self-discovery for me. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing on YouTube. So, again... It's cheaper than th- paying a therapist. Just go through and post some shit. I, I mentioned the podcast a few times. I want to talk about some things that are coming up here. So been working on this a little bit. But because last year when you and I got super busy and we end up slacking and just didn't do the podcast for like three months or whatever it was. I mean, there was a lot going on during that time. Um, I decided to like, you know, kind of make the content burden a little easier on us. And we talked about this is I just, I started interviewing some of my fellow film programmers across the country. So starting in September and it's going to kind of run off and on for the next couple months as you know, I talk to people, or whatever, but just kind of in between episodes, I'm interviewing various film programmers, some of which I've worked with some of which I haven't worked with. So it's going to be a mix and I try to do a variety of people. So it's not just all genre people. It's like people who do like, you know, full-time programming, run a theater, creative directors, that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I kind of, for me, film programming, and I know we did a big film programming episode back on episode 50, but like, I love insider baseball shit. I love to know how people think and how they're looking at stuff and like, you know, putting series together, like what they're looking for, like, you know, do not, does attendance and money does that how much that impacts what they do kind of stuff so it's kind of like it's you know I've done three of these so far and I got a couple more that I'm going to be doing in the next couple weeks but yeah starting September we're gonna start doing those and probably take a little break in October and then pick them up again in November just I don't know just to do something different because you know Obviously, we talk cinematic void. We talk mostly genre stuff primarily, or we're supposed to. We've definitely deviated quite a bit. But I also think it's important to understand, like, you know, the importance of the people that curate, you know, what you see on a screen at an art house or a repertory cinema. And the reason why I think it's important, like, one of the things, the reason why this happened is, like, I don't know if you're you're aware of this personally, but there's an award that comes out every year. It's the Rondo Hatton Awards. I've never heard of this in my life. It's a it's kind of like a genre of film award thing, and every year they have this long. They have different categories and stuff, but like one thing is they'll pick like a live like theater retrospective but like it kind of just ignores like the heart like programming across the country in general it's just like i feel like film programmers should get their dap yeah and i'm not even talking about me personally i'm just saying just the career in general because like right now there's a lot of people aspiring to be film programmers or to host screenings or whatever you know so i don't understand why like that doesn't get the dap it should you know, they'll give horror host awards, you know. Is it because they're on TV? But, like, people that have to consistently fucking figure out what to put on a movie screen day in, day out is, like, it's not easy. hmm And I just, you know, I just want to spread the love and just, like, you know, put people on. Because there's probably people that listen that aren't aware of, like, oh, there's a repertory, sc- like, cinema I can go to that's, like, maybe... Might be a little out of the way, but it's like close enough for them to go every once in a while Mm -hmm. and check it out. Because like, you know, for me, one of the best things you can do is go to a movie theater. And when that experience is perfect, you know, even some like Opperheimer, you know, and 70 millimeter IMAX or seeing Barbie with the right crowd or whatever, or seeing, you know, seeing Jaws 2 with a loving audience, you know, the in theater experience has to come from somewhere, it's gotta be. And it comes down to the person who put that movie on the screen. And it also comes down to the projectionist that's run that print or that DCP or just like, there's a lot of things to it. So, but it comes down to the film programmer. Cause someone had to decide, I want to play this film on this date. So looking forward to that series and I hope everyone kind of checks those out because you know, it's important. It's like, you know, I I got to meet a lot of people because of January Giallo because a lot of theaters and film programs were very open and receptive to, like, you know, taking a chance on a series that, like, yeah, it did well in L.A. But, you know, they had no reason to, like, really say, yeah, we'll give you a bunch of dates in January to try something. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're my peers. They're cool people and some good conversations so far. And lastly speaking of the future, and speaking of other th- other theaters. I don't know if I can announce the Actually, yeah, by the time this comes out, I can probably talk about them. We'll probably talk a little bit more about these when the September lineup episode comes out next, but I'm actually heading to Chicago at the beginning of September, Thursday, September 7th. Um, Jeremy Wagner, who we had on the podcast for the band Broken Hope, hit me up a couple months ago, and it was like, hey, I want to, do a screening and I want to work with you on it. And I was like, where do you want to do it? He's like, I want to do it in Chicago. So I was like, so I connected him with William Morris, who we both know, love Will. Will's one of my favorite people. He's also going to be one of the interviewees on the pot on the film program or sub-series of the podcast. We came up with some ideas. We had a pretty elaborate one, which just wasn't going to work because there was no dates for it, because it had to fall at a certain point. So we, we all teamed up. We're doing a screening of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 at the Music Box in Chicago. It's on Thursday, September 7th at 7 p.m. Um, I'm going to be out there. And Jeremy's going to be there. And Caroline Williams from Chainsaw 2 is going to be out there too. Or should be. I believe that's all locked in at this point. So it's kind of cool to you know work on something at another theater across the country. And that is in January, Giallo. And then... The next day, because I'm a maniac, I'm flying to Boston because Midnight Mark, who works at the Coolidge, who, you know, love Mark, we had talked about doing a series together that was outside of, you know, January Giallo, and we did a cultural exchange of sorts. So in September, and this is a tease, and we'll get into more detail about it on that episode, basically, I'm playing Boston movies that Mark programmed in September and Mark is playing L.A. movies that I programmed in September at the Coolidge. And because I was in Chicago and that, you know, flight to Boston's like less than two hours or something like that, I'll be flying to Boston and I'll be there to host the screening of Collateral as part of one of the L.A. movies. Cool. So, yeah, doing some traveling, doing some non-January Giallo traveling, which is nice. But, yeah, that's kind of the future of Void. Oh, before I forget, because I don't want to, you know, we talked about YouTube, but I didn't really talk about this part. of it. Sin Madness movie will be back in October. I'm going to switch dates on it. It's not going to be Fridays. It's going to be on Saturdays, and I think I might have a slightly earlier start time. I haven't figured it out yet. The reason why I'm doing Saturdays is just, you know, kind of change it up and give more people a chance to watch it. Because I think sometimes Friday nights are just too many other things going on. But it's going to be four new episodes, the last episode of this little mini season is going to be a double episode or a double feature. So I got the movies lined up already been cutting in commercials. I'll probably sometime September start filming all the intros for that, but yeah, kind of excited to bring that back. So that is the future of the void and the future of Vance. We're going to take one last commercial break, but when we return, it'll be read, watch, and listen here on the cinematic void podcast.
0: Right from the moment, here's where it all started. <laughs> get straight, will oh blow you away. Right from the arts, the symphony, the ballet. There's a lot to fit in. Right from the legend. Are you the legend? Nah, he's the legend. Hey, I'm just marvelous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right from the hearts. To be part of Boston's exciting new spirit, just call 1 800 858 0200. it will cheer right up. Boston! <laughs> You've selected the finest replacement window that money can buy. These people know what they want. Why? Because before they bought replacement windows, they sent for this free book. It's got all the questions answered on Prime Replacement Windows, and they're going to find peace of mind with Super Sash Wonder Company. So if you're serious about replacement windows, call 583-4855, and I'll send you this book. Better yet, I'll bring it myself. We'll get serious together. Call Super Sash at 583-4855.
0: Super Sash
1: welcome back it's now time for on the cinematic void podcast where we talk about all the things we've been reading watching and or listening to since the last time we recorded a podcast all right nick what have you been reading watching and or listening to
0: i just started ripping back into and this is because you mentioned it a few maybe a podcast or two ago i don't know they all came out in weird ass orders you mentioned that you'd watch Swamp Thing. And so I've just been reading... Uh, I, I now have all the... I bought all the all the Swamp Thing graphic novels that I didn't have. All the Alan Moore series uh, is what I mean in particular. Um, but so I've just been ripping into and just reading one issue a day of the uh, Swamp Thing. Um, so that's what I'm reading. And then watch... Uh, I just watched that uh, Jonah's Awful episode of Black Mirror. So I'm just basically just watching all the stuff that you just talked about. Uh, <laughs>
1: Although I don't remember watching Swamp Thing I, I I just remember you randomly Pulling them off the shelf when we were doing Like the last
0: rewatch. I swear you mentioned Swamp Thing for some reason And that's why
1: that, I, Last time I watched that was probably like a year ago I have no idea dude <laughs> Something like all of a sudden like Jim watched Swamp Thing a year ago I should re re-read the comic
0: anyway, Swamp Thing rules so I'm back on my Swamp Thing shit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh and still make my way through that uh, Matt McCusker Overlook book. Uh, so then, uh, watch wise, I just watched Matt McCusker's new comedy special called uh, "Believe It's the Speed of Light." It's pretty good. He's like one of my favorite podcasters right now. He's so he's so fucking funny that I feel like uh, I feel like maybe it just didn't hit quite as like he didn't go as like absurd as he is. He played a little safe, I think. But uh, I still, I love him. He's great. I'm going to go see him in November in North Carolina. I, I love this guy. Anyway, uh, fucking, I just watched Jonah's Awful on Netflix on uh, Black Mirror. And it's a really fucking cool episode. And it was like, uh, I also just watched um, Adaptation and, um, and Eternal, Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. So uh, Jonah's Awful is kind of in that same camp of, you know, again, like kind of what I, what I wanted out of Barbie was like some Truman Show. You know, oh. like I, so I love the, just the multi-layered, uh, yeah, I thought uh, Jonah's Awful was cool, man. I, I've always been a, a Black Mirror fan, so I think that's, it's the only new episode I've watched so far, but I, I think it rocked.
1: It's still the only new episode it's, I've watched.
0: Yeah, but you really liked it and you're like, yeah, maybe I am a Black Mirror guy. Yeah. So.
1: And I just haven't gotten around to it, but.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then like I said, I just watched fucking Sloppenheimer. Sloppenheimer. <laughs> it's all right it's all right it's no barbie i'll fucking tell you that much um uh and then listen um what the fuck man uh new uh story so far song came out yesterday so i listened that like 30 times <laughs> just, just <laughs> just, i've only been listening to that song no uh what else um our friend kellen I guess it, when
1: it dropped, he sent it to me, and I was like, I listened to it. I was like, I know who's gonna be all over this shit. Yeah, Nick,
0: you like just send it to fucking Nick. Don't fucking send this shit to me. Um, new teenage Wrist just came out uh today as well, or last night, I guess. It comes out at midnight on the East Coast. I think is what it is. So we get it at nine o'clock, which is nice. I uh, it's a new uh, teenage Wrist just came out. I've uh, been listening to that. Been listening to the new world peace. Uh, it is written. Uh, I guess EP it's fucking 10 minutes long it's an EP no warning fucking I don't know now I got my fucking chain I had to listen to only built for Cuban links (laughs) 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 I don't know man (laughs) Um, yeah dude that's about it man I don't know man I'm I'm fucking real busy dude real
1: busy not busy enough to well I mean you've, you've had the gold chain you you got it before I went on my vacation
0: that's right old school Ugh, yeah, I've had that shit forever, dog.
1: Man, you're bringing it back. Anyway, read, watch, and listen. Uh, read, no big surprise here. I ain't read shit. Um, watch. I've been catching up on Dark Side of the Ring. Saw the Bam Bam Bigelow episode and the Bash of the Beach 2000. There's a
0: Bam Bam episode, dude. Oh yeah, there's a Bam Bam. Is that Bam brand new?
1: Episode. Uh, it's. It's not the most recent one. It was the one before the Bash of the Be- Bash of the Beach. One's the most recent one, dude.
0: Bam Bam is so sick.
1: Bam Bam, like, I'm ready for that, dude. It it's great. Like it, I don't know, man. It's just like that. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up because it's like, dude, always, was, dude, always doing fucking
0: cartwheels. Got a fucking flame tattooed on his head. Did he end up being the big boss man? No, no, no That was a different guy. No, well, wasn't he? Uh... Damn. Did he not he didn't do a different character where he was like a security guard or a cop or something? No,
1: he was always Bam Bam Bigelow. Huh. Okay. And he he was one of the few guys who was at, you know, in WWF and all went to all the different places and got to keep himself as a gimmick. Watched those. Um, had a virtual date night the other night with Leslie. We watched the Mortuary collection on Shudder. It's an anthology film. I compare it to being like, I don't know, some it was like a hard R-rated goosebumps, and it was just kind of underwhelming, like it just didn't feel consistent, like it kind of had like a really good idea behind it, but just didn't really pull together for me for whatever reason, I watched on Tubi, um, Fascism on a Thread, The Strange Story of Nazi Poitation Cinema, I know it's a featurette that's on one of those Severn releases, and it's pretty interesting it's you know nazi exploitation is pretty much probably a subgenre genre they that, that is not coming back anytime soon in your exploitation market but but it you know it covered like the more art house stuff like Salo and um night porter and then of course ilsa she wolf ss and you know beast in heat and all the more trashier ones and then last thing and I don't know why I'm putting this. I'm just putting it because like there's a there's a thing that happened into that made me mad and there's like I can't watch this shit. So Netflix put out this show called How to be How to become a cult leader. And I was like, "All right, this seems to be trending. I'll give it a shot." Cuz you know, some of that true crime or like that stuff on Netflix sometimes is good. Sometimes it's dog shit. This was a little messy and And what I mean by messy is like the stream of conscious, like kind of like, you know, B roll cutting in of like footage, the stuff. But there was a segment and they're talking about Charles Manson that they did a animated recreation of Charles Manson as a kid getting bullied. And I was like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. And I like just turn it off and like done. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it was, it was literally the, I like, I can't believe someone made that as artistic choice. Like I, I almost want you to go watch it because it's just like it is just
0: I mean it's on paper that sounds like something I want to watch.
1: Yeah, but it's just like but it was it wasn't even good animation. It was just like I mean, not
0: the animated Charles Manson thing. I just mean in general, just oh, how yeah. to become a cult leader. It's yeah. like, oh, that's a that's a docuseries I want to fucking see.
1: Yeah, like it it started off like, oh shit, I'm all bored, and then like that dropped. And I was like, Nope. Yeah. Um, listen, I listened to the new Outer Heaven Infinite Psychic Depths. Sick shit, if you like death metal. Nas dropped another surprise record, Magic 2. I know it's probably, like, a bunch of Lucy's from the, um, for the King's Disease series. Mm -hmm. Sort of like the first Magic, but, like, there's some good shit on here. Oh, yeah. And, again, Nas has just been on fire. Like, this five... Like album run he's been on with the Three Kings diseases and now the Two Magics it's just like goddamn dude it's it's incredible mm-hmm. because like I can't think of another like hip hop artist this late in their career so to speak that's like still killing it because most you know hip hop's not really kind and most people kind of age out uh, you already mentioned it but new teenage wrist still love came out I gave it a, I think I listened to it twice today and I. You know, hearing it like a piecemeal with the singles, I was like, eh, I don't know. but like hearing it as a whole, I really like it a lot. Cool. And we're seeing them, right? Yeah. You got us a ticket. So yep. to a show that we may or may not actually go to by the time we get there.
0: i am going to this one. I, I'm excited for this one. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah.
1: Okay. So we're going to this one. Uh rest of these are just basically singles. Uh, Denzel Curry, Blood of My Nikes, featuring Juicy J. Fuck, man. Fire. Dude, it... I love Denzel, and, like, you know, it's taking, like, the trap formula and just making it better and then putting Juicy J at the end.
0: I kind of... I mean, that's what the Zoo record was, I thought. But he's... I mean, he's done a lot of different things, but the Zoo is... Zoo is kind of a trap record, and I've, I've been missing that side, side of, of him, him. You know?
1: Yeah, I mean... So th- this is sick. He, I, I actually, like, I don't listen to a lot of trap music, but I do like when Denzel does it, because he does it well, and it's like he, he takes the formula, but he does, like... I think the key is like when he's actually rapping over the beat, he's fucking saying some shit, mm-hmm. which is not really common for a lot of tra- trap stuff. And plus, that Juicy J verse is just. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Like, especially the Leonardo DiCaprio line at the end. Like, I fucking laughed out loud when I heard it at the end. <laughs> just go listen to the song and you'll see what I mean. Uh, Liar's Academy put out a single, which was a Leatherface cover of the song I Don't Want to Be the One to Say. And it's fucking good. Wasn't expecting that. Or I mean you're you're friends
0: with um Chris, so I talk to him almost every day. I didn't even know this was coming out. Wow. So they really they really dropped that shit on the sly. Damn.
1: You think they got more shit up their sleeve or yeah, Who knows, man? I mean I mean that last record was fucking good. I know that last record's like twenty years old and then came out, but yeah. still. Uh Final Gasp released a new song on their forthcoming record. The song's called Climax Infinity. Um you introduced me to Final Gasp under the notion that like Sam Hain worship. Yeah. And you know, I know people love Misfits. I know people love Danzig, but the best thing Glenn Danzig ever has done is Sam Hain. And I'm stoked. Someone is doing a Sam Hain style band and doing it fucking beyond perfect. Yeah. So, and this song, the first one was more, maybe I would say drifting more towards like the death rock aspect of things. Mm -hmm. But this one is like full on Sam Hain. Yeah. And it's just like incredible. Hell yeah. Um, also, Koyo released another song with I think the singer of Glassjaw on it, mm-hmm. and making a cameo, or whatever. So I've been listening to the three songs that are out. I guess this full album comes out in September
0: or something like that. So cool. Is that a? Is that a? Uh, I'm pretty certain, but do you, do you think that's a uh, stalker reference on the cover of the Koyo record?
1: We've talked about this. I yeah. I mean, did they have Tarkovsky in Long Island? i'm just kidding Uh, i I have friends there from long island i'm sure like man fuck you man (laughs) we've seen tarkovsky there not it could be you know it's like the thing is that like a lot of hardcore bands and like you know you and i hardcore and punk we love movies Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't surprise me and if it is a stalker reference that's pretty fucking cool but yeah that's my read watch and listen and that's going to wrap up this edition of the cinematic void podcast uh, tell us what you think and tell us, you know, what you're excited for that's coming up in the void or, you know, and also when that Double Life EP drops, fucking download that shit, put it on your, you know, I'm sure it'll be on Apple Music, Spotify, all those usual suspects of places. So give a listen and, you know, tell Nick what you think cause he it's I despite him being my friend, I will go to bed and say it's a really fucking great record and you should definitely check it out so until next time see you in the void
0: and if you order now you'll receive this cap rack absolutely free so don't throw away your favorite cap get clean cap